All right, inappropriate Earl. This is a momentous occasion because this is the 200th episode of this podcast. And when you think back to the halcyon days when I had the sound down, wires not recording, you know, my first episode with Jason Galern and Jason Washington, it's it's almost like a deleted scene in a porn. It's never aired because... I think I deleted it. It was three hours of Jason Washington talking about his foray from being a comedy store door guy into Bukaki films. And we've had a, a gamut's list of great guests, celebrities, Stephen Piercy, my favorite singer from Rat, Tawny Katane, Jack O'Halloran, the bad guy from Superman 2, Marshall Teague from Roadhouse, Joey Allen from Warrant, Fred Steady, Freddie Corey from Cinderella. I mean, I've had some great guests. Nita Strauss from Alice Cooper's band. I mean, I've, Rowdy Roddy Piper, highest episode ever. Uh, when he died, the numbers really shot up. I mean, it's a cold business. Uh, we've had a lot of roast battle people on, you know, to explain my love for that show and how it's gotten me everything. But today, we have a man. It's not Gene Simmons. I know a lot of you thought it was Gene Simmons. Uh, it's not. It's not Paul Stanley or Desmond Child. But I have the man who taught me everything i have the man who the first five or six episodes of inappropriate earl i would have to go to his house on fountain and orange grove and he would have to edit it for me because i didn't know how to do it this is the man who bought all the equipment and put it all together so i thought no one better to have as a guest for the 200th episode than a super funny comic, the comedy store's favorite son, <laughs> Mr. Ari, not Shafir, the other Ari, Ari Manis. That's the intro you want. Not Ari Shafir, but the other Ari, Ari Manis. Thank you. So why are you standing all the way over there, by the way? Why aren't you on the couch with me? Because I like to move around. I like to... Yeah. Uh, this is a... A momentous episode for me. I mean, without you, I would not be doing this podcast. Well, you know, I'm glad to help you. You're a nice guy. You've always been nothing but nice to me. Where's and, that uh, gotten me? And and funny. It's gotten you. It's gotten you where you are today. And uh, you know, if if someone nice who I who I like and consider a friend asks me for help, I'll help them. I get asked a lot, not to sound like a a big shot, but I think I'm one of the go to guys for technical advice and. Uh, there's a lot of people I, I say, sorry, I, I don't have time to help you, whatever. But for you, anything, Earl. Because you don't want to be, you're comic. You don't want to be known as like, oh, yeah, let's have Ari on a show so he can help us, you know. For sure. If I think that I'm getting offered something solely because they, they want my help for something, I say no. That's uh, I made that a rule. And, and you're right. I try and keep it distant. I try to not be known just for being the podcast guy i want to be known as the comic first and foremost and and i think i've done that pretty well i think most people know me as a comic but it, you know it depends what circle you're talking in well i mean there's so many users and palmers yeah in this business and they see uh especially when you were uh 
Yes, you were uh, the first person who was in charge of the comedy store. Uh, yeah, I built podcast. it all. It's all my equipment down there. You know, I'm, I'm sure people yeah. were like, hey, if I get in with Ari, I can get on a, my, my own podcast or whatever. And For sure. So you have to be guarded when you're... It's, it's true. I think most people, I think, this is, I don't know what people think of me, but I think I'm considered a nice guy by most. Never heard a bad word about you. That's very nice of you. Thank you. But I think the, the few people that would call me an asshole... It's because they probably want something from me. And I probably am a little guarded around them because there are those people. There are those people where I know that if I let my guard down around them, they're going to ask me for something. And I got to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I just want to, let's just be friends. Let's just hang out. But some people you can't do that around. Some people you can't just hang out around. Yeah, I mean, they they always want something. They're always angling. Yeah, they're always conniving. And, and there's certain people that hide that better than others. They'll sneak it in. And that's even a little better. I'd rather you sneak it in. I'd rather not have to just instantly see you and have to run away. I'd rather... I'm the opposite. Like, I'd rather than just be up front and say, hey... Uh, Earl, can you get me on? I'm dying up here. It's like, well, do, do you, is that a real question you've gotten? Oh, I got it recently, and it's like, you can know you what? get me on? I'm, I'm dying up here. I mean, no, I'm just kidding. You know, I never, to this day, have met the casting director. Yeah, you know, I was lucky, and that, uh, and I think he wouldn't mind me uh, uh, mentioning this now. Uh, Jerron Horton had recommended mm-hmm. me, uh, so I was luckily lucky enough to. I didn't have to audition. Now, my role is very small, so it's not like they were auditioning. I have a good I'm dying up here story. Well, let's get into it. Um, so when that show, before it came out on TV, before there was even a pilot, um, I don't know if you remember, but it seemed like everyone we knew was auditioning for it. Anyone who had an agent or manager was like, oh, I'm auditioning for I'm dying up here because we already knew about it because most comics at the store have read that book. I'm dying up here. So... You know, me being the uh, hungry comic that I am, I was like, fuck, I, I want to audition for this. I want to just be on the radar. I want to get rejected by this at least. So I uh, I got a hold of the script from someone who was auditioning and I got a hold of the casting director's email and I just, I'm a door guy at the comedy store. So I was like, what's who could better play a door guy than an actual door guy? So I got in costume. I made my own tape, my cell phone tape, and I just cold email actually first i asked my shitty commercial agent hey i know i'm just you're just my commercial agent but will you send in this tape to this casting director and they're like oh we don't want to do that um because you didn't get the audition we don't want to just cold email your audition i was like okay for sure so i sent it in myself to the casting director and believe it or not she it was a girl at the time she responded and i got a call back didn't get the part but still i was like wow that's all that's how that works See, comics out there, if you take a little initiative, instead of backstabbing people to get stuff, you might get something. Yeah, it didn't get something, but it was still, it felt cool. I was like, she responded. She actually watched it. She then gave me another part to read for. And I was like, oh, that's pretty awesome that that, that it worked to that extent, even though at the end of the day, it didn't work. But, but you're was, on their radar first. Yeah, I was on the radar, and it was just nice to even get rejected because that's all i want in this town half the time i see people getting things or auditioning for things i'm like i just want to audition for it i'm not saying i i'm entitled to it i'm not saying i deserve it i just want i think i deserve a no i think i deserve someone to go hey we saw you and no at least that 
It's a crazy business auditioning. They don't know. You would think you would be the perfect part for the role of a door guy. You, right. at the time, were a door guy. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I can't. I get it. You know, they they went with a uh, a seasoned actor, an actor with credits who's in the union, who has an agent and manager, who's probably better. But it was nice just to have her say, hey, we checked it out. Thank you. Um, no, thank you. Well, I will say what I liked about the show is that for the most part, it was very authentic. Like the comics that were playing comics were comics. For sure. Uh, and I think that led to like, okay, this is believable. I could see Santino being the headliner. Santino was great. Everyone was great. It was yeah, a I mean, solid show all around. I'm excited to see where it goes in the next season. Yes. Because I will say I liked it, but there was some... It, it, there were some slow moments, and I and I could see the room for improvement. So I'm glad that they're giving it a chance to grow. Yeah, into I mean, season it was, two. Uh, yeah. You know, I think from what I understand, it was fifty fifty on whether it was going to be brought back. But uh, the right people like it. Yeah, and I uh, mean, if you have Jim Carrey backing a show, and that doesn't get picked up to season two, how do how do any of us expect two seasons of a show? Well, I mean, it, it's. Uh, there's so many shows you see on air that it's like, how is this? I mean, look at Big Brother on CBS. It's yeah. literally in like its 22nd season. Yeah, and I've never you, seen that show. Is that I mean, a soap opera? What is it? No, it's like, a, it's a reality show. It's 20 people living in a house. Each week someone gets kicked out and they have all these wacky uh, contests, uh, you know, who can be head of household and mm -hmm. you're, you have to pick two people to kick out. And like, if you were- I could see you on that show. I'm not a reality show guy. No, if so, if they offered, if they said, Earl, we want you on the next Big Brother, you'd say, "Sorry, say I'm not no. a reality show guy. I don't want to be known. Not as, my thing. That's because I think I think it depends why you're in the business. I'm in because right. I love doing stand up. Right. Being on the jellies, I'm dying up here. Roast battle, it's great, but I do it because it'll get me better stand up spots. Right. Uh, I, I mean, I think if you're a reality show person, it's like. Oh, that's the guy from Big Brother. Yeah. Uh, so, but you know, to it could someone, help you. That could help you get stand-up spots, maybe. It could. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm not. Listen, it took me almost 20 years to get whatever it is I have now. I'm certainly not the one to give career advice. Out. Yeah. But uh, you know, I want to be known as like that's a funny comic. But yeah, I'm starting to believe that the business doesn't work like that. That's like half of it, probably. I would say uh, in my almost 20 years, how long have you been doing stand-up? Six now. That's a long time. It's not bad, yeah. That's right around the time I started to find myself and go, okay, this is how I want to portray myself. Right. Uh, you know. Yeah, I've been doing it five, six years. Uh, I'm still at the point where I have fun and I like it. I, I don't consider myself to be too bitter compared to, you know, people who've been doing it longer. I'm not too bitter. So I remember moving here. Right when I moved here, I would talk to comics who've been doing it. And they were all really bitter and angry and, you know, talking shit. And I was like, man, I would never want to be that. Now I understand where they're coming from, but I'm still not that. But I, mean, I understand it more. I see I see where it comes because you see you see people who who start and you don't think they're necessarily funny and then they uh something happens for them and you're like what they're not what why them but i mean i've been accused of being bitter but i like to no think, you're not bitter i mean i think i'm honest yeah which i think sucks in the world of st our world of stand-up 
especially at the comedy store, if you're honest, uh, you're labeled as bitter, you know, uh, like I got into a, a debate or whatever with a couple comics in the parking lot about roast battle and uh, the people who do it, uh, you know, in terms of their stand-up skills. Oh, yeah. Well, that's just, that's kind of a known thing that everyone says is, I'm not going to say all the roast battle people, certainly not all of them, but there's a large chunk of roast battlers that maybe maybe are better roasters than they are comedians or maybe put too much time into that roast world than they do their stand-up. Yeah, I mean, I was saying I think there's uh, a lot who are good at roasting. I think there's a, a, a lot who are good at stand-up, and there's mm -hmm. a handful who are good at both. Right, exactly. You know, and, and uh, you know, you had other sides saying, well, no, no, it's, it's, it's not true. Everyone's good at both. I'm yeah. Like, nah, I don't know about that. but I mean, when it comes down to it, I don't think 90% of comedians are good. So it's not that I'm even talking shit about roast battlers specifically. I think most comedians suck. I mean, I wouldn't say 90%. I would say, uh, you know, I would say 40 to 50%. 40, 50. Yeah, maybe that's a bet. Maybe not. Well, no, but high. I'm not telling yeah. you 90% is wrong. Maybe it is wrong. I don't know. But I'm not. Uh, I've also gotten to the point where I don't even like watching stand up. I've never liked watching stand-up, yeah. even if it's my friends, because yeah. I want to do Unless it. it's one of my absolute favorite comics. Like last night, I was on that show. Best lineup I've ever been on in Give my life. Give the lineup. I mean, this, yeah. you know, this is yeah. people wonder why the comedy store is killing it. This is hands down like one of those. I was like, give, but give I don't, the I'm not a bragger, but I had to post this lineup on but, my social media. It's, dude, it was you were just, on it. Yeah, it was just insanity. Um, Sorry, okay. I want you to give so, every lineup. Right. Okay. So, every comic. So, me, cold opening the show, Ari Manis. Then I brought up Mo Mandel, funny comic. Then it goes Bobby Lee. So, that second comic in is Bobby Lee. Then we got Polly Shore, the weasel, Tom Segura. I went in the room to watch him. Chris D'Elia, Bill Burr, Neil Brennan, Joe Rogan, Joey Diaz, Jason Glern, Jamar Neighbors, Mike Young, Eleanor Kerrigan, Brenton Biddlecombe, Jack Knight, Don Barris with a pop-in from Whitney Cummings. So just insanity. I mean, from, from 9.15, from Bobby Lee to Joey Diaz, that two hours, so 9.15 to 11.15, plus Whitney Cummings, so two and a half hours, is literally theater headliner after theater, not even a regular, not even someone who goes around the country headlining. These are all Theaters. famous theater acts. Not like, uh, you know, the Jacksonville funny bone right headlining yeah, nothing's yeah. not that nothing's wrong with that but like i mean someone like jack knight who was in new faces in montreal and is a killer yeah i mean like jack knight is like in that next wave of okay this guy's the next year right he has he has all the reps he's done he has all the little creds he's he's going picked. on at 115 yeah he's going on yeah at the second to last and you can't really argue lineup. like yeah, you can't and, say well eleanor eleanor kerrigan yeah everyone on that lineup is yeah there's no right. one on there who you'd go oh jack should be higher than no i mean eleanor is one of the hardest comics to follow yeah she's hilarious because she you have to like spend the first five minutes of your set resetting the room because she's yeah, so good. Yeah, she's just a beast. It's, uh, so so that lineup, I forgot what where I was going with this now. I asked why we you, brought up that lineup. Oh yeah, but I went in to watch Tom Segura watch, on that right, lineup. Right, but like that's all, how much I didn't even go in to watch like Polly, Bobby, Dalia. I didn't even go in to watch Burr. That's how much I don't like watching comedy anymore. 
I literally went in to watch Tom Segura and that was it. Well, I will go in to watch Jason Galern uh, and Brian Holtzman. Uh, and like I'll yeah, watch Brian the Ovan. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Brian Holtzman, that's one of the more intimidating things about this business is if he's not famous, how am I going to get fame? Like in whatever fame is. Well, I've you. heard some story. I don't know him that well. He's he's nice and I think he's hilarious, but I've heard stories that he kind of self-sabotages himself. I, I mean, it's possible. I, no. I heard that Eleanor said that one time she got some some dude, some big shot Hollywood bigwig to go in the room and watch him. And and then he just had him that time. He, he goes and has a meltdown and argues with the guy she brought in to watch or something right. like that. So you hear stories like that. We got to play the game a little bit. Uh, you know, it's tough. And that's why I tell the younger comics, even on potluck, even the door guys and you know jessica door door girl door girl mm-hmm. uh you know monday nights you think oh, who's going to be in here on a monday night you never know who's going to be in that room now oh yeah i would say mondays there's a lot of industry there probably yeah, on mondays. it's, it's sold like, out every monday they want to see and it's gotten to the point now where monday is the only night where industry can even go look for talent because all the other nights all those people are pretty much famous yeah so it's like there's no if you're a new agent in there you're not going to go on that show we just listed off and and pick one of those those guys are already doing whatever they want so monday is pretty much the night probably i would imagine i mean i know uh i mean i think the improv has a, a decent open mic on sunday night yeah lab work uh and i know uh Paige from the improv is She's cool uh, She's, I think she, you know, what I love about the improv and the comedy stores, I guess in the truest sense, they're competitors, but I almost find them to like be like brother, sister. I think they definitely are, especially because Paige and Adam are friends. Right. And, yeah. you know, I mean, the Laugh Factory kind of is its own island. You know, I don't. Uh, yeah, it's funny. When I moved here, when I was uh, a young buck in L.A. You still are. Though. I still am. You're right. But I, when I was a, uh, a baby buck. A baby cub. A baby in LA. Uh, the Laugh Factory was the number one club. Yeah, is what it seemed Dane, like. They Dane had Cook. Yeah, they had Dane Cook. They had their YouTube channel was popping off. It was just, they don't let comics hang out there. It was looked sold out yeah, all the great time. Great vibe for comics <laughs> yeah. at the Laugh Factory. <laughs> it was just scary. It was more intimidating. You know, they blocked it off to comics. But now it's kind of flipped. It's kind of like you look at the Laugh Factory lineups and I mean, they're okay they're okay i mean full disclosure i don't get a lot of love from the factory but i'm not bitter like yeah no i have nothing i, I would still love to perform there i'm oh, not yeah nothing against the La- laugh factory but they're definitely i'd say the third the third they've dropped from number one to number three as far as the ho- three hollywood clubs well i don't want to mention his name because uh you know this goes back to you know you being asked to do people's podcast or help and you want to be seen as a comic but there is a comic i think who get, should get a huge shout out uh for the social media presence of the comedy store mm-hmm. uh go buffalo bills yeah that's, yeah that's about the only i don't want to he's a great comic but right uh i think that really helps i mean if you look at the store's instagram oh yeah for sure it's not just once a day a, a, a random shot of the lineup it's constant uh, constant like hey this guy or girl's on the lineup tonight congrats the best stelling for being the newest paid regular and the twitter feeds pumping yeah the store social media 
is I I work there and I still follow them. I still I mean not to follow them, but I I watch what they post because they post a fun walkthrough video. Yeah, they it's post. maybe you the s- best social media of any comedy club in the country. Yeah, and, and it's not overbearing. No, it's a, and that I'm sure has be thought. Obviously, I think there's a few factors to the revival, and that's one of them: management, booking, and and social media. I'd say are the the big three. I would say, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, I think the improv is trying to uh, have a better social media presence. I noticed the last few times I was on yeah. shows there, they would like, you know, what it seems like though. I don't know this. I could be dead wrong about this, but it seems all the other comedy clubs, at social media is just kind of trying to emulate the store's social media. Well, now because they yeah. see the store is like, yeah, like beyond killing it. I mean, even on like. Wednesday nights now there's a main room show like yeah it's and, crazy and if you remember the dark ages of the store I mean th- there was like maybe 15 people in the OR and that was a you know what are you doing with all your uh, main room money I mean you know I get enough main room spots to because uh, I mean you you were doing fine you know I, I don't let's I don't want to talk about your financial status in the world but you have I'm a nice class. You have a nice condo. You have a dog. You have a big TV. But um, like, you have a nice car. But you've had those things. But then these last couple of years, you've gotten you know I'm dying up here. Roast battle. Uh, the jellies. You got your hit podcast. You're gotten your. You well, became a paid. Hit, but you, you became well. a paid regular. So what are you doing with that extra income? Well, I live within my. Because you were doing fine without it. Well, I mean, I was upper middle class. Right. You know? So now that now that you're upper middle class, upper middle class. But I like to me, Rich is Russell Peters. Yeah, no, I'm not you're you're not, you know, but Russell, no, you're not guess, Russell Peters. But Joe Rogan, seven cars. Right. And all nice. I have one car, a Dodge Magnum. It's I mean, paid off. Joe Rogan has so much money. Did you see that ad I posted about my t shirt? No. So I post I got my first t shirts made. And I Where can people get them? They could get them at arimanis.com or wherever on my social media. But if, if you haven't seen the ad, this is going to be really interesting to the podcast. But it's a, a picture of a porn star wearing my shirt. And then she is not wearing any clothes underneath. Uh, yeah. You know, I did see that. You ad, did see it. Okay. You know, I'm just not... a. Um, I'm sure she's very attractive down there, but she's your, not. Your face is covering her, yeah. her pussy. Right, I, just, I had to blur I'm not it into the graphic stuff. Right, so I posted that ad, which um, I thought was a funny ad. I thought you know a little, maybe a little shock value there, but but it was unique, a unique way to promote merchandise. I didn't want to just post my shirt like everyone else. I wanted uh, a model, so I did it. I paid her. She was happy with the photo. She even shared it on her social media. That's Didn't big. ask her to. Yeah, she just did. And she has a big, you know, porn following, whatever. But I got some hate for that. I got probably three or four girls who blocked me, commented saying I'm uh, I'm a misogynist who's objectifying women, blah, blah, which to me is kind of insulting that model by saying that. They're saying she's not smart enough to make her own decisions. This is bad against women. Whatever. So I got that. I showed Rogan. He loved it. And then he said, did you have sex with the girl? And I said, no, it's a thousand dollars. I couldn't afford it. He's like, I'll give you a thousand dollars just so you could have that story. He didn't do it, but it was just nice of him. 
Right, oh, so I mean, that's the kind of money he has where he's just like, hey, you want a thousand? Here's a thousand bucks. But he is still to this day a comics comic. He's great. Like he, he, and you know what else? He's getting better. I watch him go up. His stand up is just every time I see it is better and better. It's crazy. Well, he's just got such a uh, captivating stage presence. And no, I'm not palming him because I'm sure he doesn't listen to this podcast. But, you know, he's, everyone listens. I don't know about everyone. I mean, I yeah. think amongst the unknown comics or whatever category I'm in, it's one of the more popular ones. But, you know, I, I don't. What are you averaging? Two, three hundred listens an episode? I would say on SoundCloud, a little over a thousand. Nice. 11, 1200. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, you know, when I had Tommy Morris on, the talent coordinator, oh, that yeah. got like, I think 8,000. Uh, Do you still talk to him? No, I mean, that was pretty much it. I mean, uh, the second episode, which I equate to like Rocky 2, good, <laughs> uh, but not as good, uh, got, I think, about 6,000. And then Red Band's episode got about 5,000. Uh, uh, you know, it's. Uh, I mean, I try and make this a junior version of Rogan's podcast. Like, he had Tony Hinchcliffe on, gave Tony a platform. Uh, Ari Shafir, uh, Duncan Trussell, Joey Diaz, Dean Del Rey, uh, yeah. George Perez. Yeah, he's, he's made a lot of headliners. And I'm not saying people come on this, and but I think I, I give people a little bit of like, oh, that guy was on Earl's podcast, or girl. I'll listen to them or whatever. So, But it's a very scaled down version that's why i demanded number 200 big 200 well listen the only people know the only person i would have bumped you for is gene simmons yeah which would be pretty understandable now are you in talks with gene well i know he's got something uh called the gene simmons vault which is 150 songs that really weren't good enough to be on kiss albums i don't know Mm -hmm. the, the the selling point of that but uh i He's got this thing uh, where it's t- for $2,000, you buy it, wow. and you can meet him in a studio and listen to, I think, like five songs or something. But for fifty grand, he will deliver it to your home and hang out with you for two hours. Yeah, is that your plan? Are you going to pay 50, 50 grand, grand to get him on disposable. the podcast? Yeah. Uh, you know, what I would love to do is get KISS fans to donate, 25 KISS fans to donate two grand. And I invite them all over here, and you know, Gene would have to hang out with the twenty-five <laughs> biggest bunch of kids. I think you could do this an easier way. I don't have twenty a uh, fifty grand. No, no, no. I think in an even easier way than that. So I'm a big fan of Love Line. You ever listen to Love Line? It's been a while. Doctor Drew. Um, I, I listen to Mike Adam Carolla when Kimmel was on it. Okay, I mean, Kimmel. Yeah. So. You know what it is, though. Yeah. Uh, Gene, Gene Simmons is, has gone on there before as a guest. I think he's a fan. So what you do is you you get friends with Dr. Drew. It's a little easier to make friends with because he, you know, he does those live shows right. at the Ice House. He's friends with a lot of comedians. And then through Dr. Drew, you get Gene Simmons. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, Russell Peters is uh, trying to do... Uh, Try, you know, I don't think Russell would mind me saying this. Uh, he's trying to get me on the Gene Simmons roast in New York. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, well, it's because I'm such a Kiss fan. I've already got the jokes written because I've. You yeah, know, you know, you'd be uh, I mean, perfect would, for that. Be, I mean, if there's ever. Wrestling a roast, and horrible rock and roll, you are perfect for. 
Well, horrible you know. wrestling and horrible rock and roll. What? I'm talking the worst. The worst music, the worst wrestling TV. But I television. disagree. That, you know, uh, no, I'm just, I'm just but yeah, well, I mean, yeah. listen, and it's a joke I do on stage, but it's true. I've literally had my iPod stolen twice and returned to me because people are like, I don't want this. I don't want winger. And, and, and I mean, you're the only comic I know who will do 10 minutes on bands that no one in the audience has even heard of. But I think that's the allure. And if I could give one bit of advice to stand-ups, and I certainly can't tell you how to make it mm -hmm. uh, because I've never been on TV as a stand-up, so I'm not one of those people. Uh, well, you do roast battle, kind of. Well, that's not... It's kinda, uh, yeah, it's not stand-up. To me, that's not stand-up. Yeah, it's it's not. a very... Uh, you did... Uh, what do you do? Comedy time? It's on Hulu. Uh, that yeah. is not stand up. That's comedy time. I mean, it's it is stand up. It may not be good stand up. The Goldman Brothers. You know what's actually fun to look up on Comedy Time? Nothing. I, I hate I hate Comedy Time. I actually have a Comedy Time story, um, but no. But let me just explain yeah. to my listeners, uh, Comedy Time, and I really hate giving them any publicity. Yeah, they're the worst. The guy they, who owns the company is the worst. David and Michael Goldman. Uh, over now, David Goldman. He's a bad person, but. You know, this goes to show you the level of schemers and scammers that are out there. David mm -hmm. Goldman was a legit manager. Uh, I think he actually managed David Lee Roth in his prime, like after Van Halen. And he, uh -huh. I, it starts with a P. He worked at some big management company. Ari's getting Ari's phone is blowing up Sorry. right now. No, it's yeah. all good, dude. Uh, so he had a legitimate background. It's like the guy who sexually harassed me. We'll get to that story later. Mm -hmm. he, he was completely legitimate. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, when Comedy Time would approach comics like you and me, yeah. you know, it was like, okay, I mean, you thought, what, guy's legit? Yeah, I mean, you think, yeah, you think, oh, this is cool. You see, I mean, if you look it up on Comedy Time, there's actually a lot of great comics that have done it. Tom Segura did it. Eliza Schlesinger did it. Fahim did it. You did it. I did it, whatever. There's a lot of there's a lot of comics I respect who have done it, which kind of I think helps them out, of course, and and helps them get more people. But the way I got involved, suckered into it, is I host the uh, Ice House Open Mic, and I'm I'm four months into comedy. I'm hosting the Ice House Open Mic. They're doing a comedy time taping in the main room. Someone had canceled, maybe a half hour before the show. So Jan the Booker. Jan Smith. Jan Smith comes up to me because he knows me because I host the open mic there and, and he seen me do comedy once or twice and he thought I was all right and they needed someone. That's more of what it was. They really needed someone. And he said, hey, Ari, we just had a comedy time fallout. Do you have eight minutes clean? I didn't even have eight minutes of material. I'm five months into comedy. I'm horrible, but, I, but I'm hungry and I'm young and I go, yeah, 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 I have eight yeah, minutes clean. Did, yeah, yeah. yeah. I go, I can do eight minutes clean. And he goes, okay, well, 15 minutes, you're you're on comedy time. And he goes, oh, there's no logos allowed because it goes on Hulu. And I'm wearing this like old beat up skateboard shirt with holes in it. So I had to turn it inside out. I It was March. So I was growing out a mustache for mustache March. So I had this prepubescent mustache. I'm wearing this tattered up t-shirt that's in reverse with the tag sticking out i'm five months into comedy and i go up to comedy time to do eight minutes clean somehow i miraculously put together these half-baked jokes and i did good like i had a good set but i watched these videos on youtube they're the first things that come up when you search my name because comedy time has hundreds of thousands of subscribers 
and it's me doing it's me and i hate i cringe you know i cringe watching this video it doesn't represent me as a comic at all i don't do a single one of those jokes anymore i look like shit so two years ago i email the dude who owns comedy time and i say listen david goldman uh or his brother michael i think it was michael but i don't even want to say name just because i don't even remember michael was. was the money man he was like the david was like the uh like the, not the spokesman but uh he was like uh, you know michael was the numbers guy i don't even i don't even i won't say a name i'm just gonna say i emailed comedy okay. time i emailed comedy time and i said listen please can we take these videos down it doesn't represent me as a comic i was six months in a comedy i got asked to do it last minute uh, i'm sorry i said i'd be happy to do uh, another set uh to replace that set but I hate it. And he look. he responds and he goes, I watched the video. You were doing fine. He goes, we only replace videos if you were doing really bad or if you say something really offensive and you didn't do that. So I'm not going to take it down. I said, how about just take it down so that comics want to work with you more? And I said, I'd be happy to, to pay you the $30 I got paid to do the set. And he goes, it's not about the money. We pay editors, blah, blah, blah. I'm not taking the video down. So he refused to take it down. So then I had to, I emailed Jan and Bob at the ice house and they emailed him asking him to take it down. So he did because I know them, but it was just nightmare. So nightmare. Well, Asshole I mean, of a human being. I, I get it. I signed the contract. I said I would do it for $30, but just have have a heart just be a nice guy so that comics want to keep working with you that ain't happening yeah it's just ridiculous i mean those hot girls in her old videos are horrific <laughs> i mean horrible but they but got those millions like, of views literally are, millions. yeah but those videos are like horrifically funny you know what i mean but i mean like the one it's such it's so you look so young in it we are so different. You have this long hair and you're with these chicks with giant tits. The Asian girl. It's a, that it's so absurd that you're like, what's going on here? That well, I remember she started fingering her pussy in the audition. I'm like, uh, you don't have to do that. Like, we're, <laughs> we're pretty much taking anyone. And then like, you know, Naomi Nguyen, I'll never forget her name. And those were horrible. I mean, in one of these, and I don't mind saying his name, David, this girl was pretty flat chested. I mean, we're talking a cups. Yeah. And she's in a bikini and she, you know, nice, nice enough looking. Mm -hmm. And David's like, Hey, can you fix your bra? Uh, you look like a fucking dude. Oh, and action. I mean, literally, we started the video the second I, and I'm like, dude, really? So Yeah, you couldn't get away with that in today's climate. Oh, my God. I mean, those hot girl and Earl videos, I'm surprised uh, they're still on the air. That's true, huh? Um, yeah, you should repost those, see if you get any flack. No, I'm good. I'd like to, uh, maybe for Flashback Friday. <laughs> yeah, uh, for Flashback you know, Friday. I don't want to give them any like more publicity like i got paid yeah it's true a hundred dollars a girl for those videos i'm surprised you got paid at all well the first batch i didn't like the one that got like i think it got close to four million views yeah i didn't get a dollar for that so but you know like you said we signed the contract and you know i mean luckily uh you know the comedy store has fallen into our lives it's the internet i mean you got that's what i tell new comics i go like i mean i know i'm still new but brand new comics i go listen i get it you want to make a living at this you love comedy and you want it to be your life 
don't do comedy time. Don't do it. Wait. Wait five years and then release content that you're proud of. Oh, yeah. Oh, I couldn't agree more. You know, but, you know, it's at the time, it seems like a good idea. Just like jokes you did two years ago. Yeah, you, exactly. Closers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you every every year you look back and you go, man, I I sucked a year ago. Oh yeah, I mean my my closing joke at one point was, and I think it might have been a stolen joke that the the TV guy at uh, Good Guys gave me the oh, joke. Oh, this is gonna be good. Oh well, it is a pretty funny joke. But looking back, I'm like, this sounds like a joke book joke. It's like, uh, yeah, you know. You, Feminine hygiene products, they don't have anything for guys, so I invented one called umpire, you know, for foul balls. <laughs> that was my closer at one point. Man, how long ago? Uh, about two weeks ago. Two uh, weeks ago? No, That's but like cool. oh, probably 15 years ago, and then, yeah. you know, uh, a couple years later, I was like, I can't do that joke anymore. That's horrible. Uh, and, you know, I'm sure jokes I'm doing you know today you know hopefully i won't be doing in two years but yeah hopefully but that's the hard thing at the comedy store though is like you kind of have to do uh the same set to a degree uh because you know the expectation level is so high like on that lineup you were on last night yeah exactly i can't go up there trying a new joke material it's too risky i want to it's like i go even on potluck now every potluck on mondays the crowds are packed and like you said, you don't know who's in the audience. You don't know who's in the back room watching. Yeah. So I mean, it's you want you're like I say it every week. I'm like, man, I wish I had a new joke to do because I'm I don't want to do the same twenty minutes in recycle over and over to. again. But yeah, you have you, you want to do good. You can't go up there and bomb like uh, for the for the sold out original room. I mean, I think even Rogan said it uh, like almost a year ago when the lineups were still great. Uh, that like even he can't do new material anymore. right yeah it's uh, not a because it's, it's like not a playground there yeah, I mean, on stage at least follow bill burr or you know uh, delia's bringing him up or you know he's whoever it is joey diaz up it's like it's like there's no weak spots in the lineup so yeah uh you know the comedy store is not the place to do new material no not anymore you gotta go go around do go to like everyone else yeah Five dollars. We'll go to Marty's oh, and pay God. five. You still hoops. go there? Oh, uh, I went there once, and I'm like, I'm good. You've been there once, ever? Yeah. Oh, okay, I've been there a handful of times. I go like if I desperately need to go up, or I'm showcasing for something, and I just want to spit it out. I mean, I don't. Uh, I did uh, Jason Helfcott, the great legend Jason Helfcott, someone I started with. He had a show the other night at uh, Sal's. Mm-hmm it was a pretty funny idea it's 50 comics doing the first joke they've written this year oh yeah uh yeah first 50 jokes of yeah, it's fun i mean whatever. but yeah. uh it was i bombed horribly i mean it was like it affected me for three days uh it's so from, a bomb will still affect you like oh that? absolutely if you go up there and i think no it, for me it would maybe affect me that night but it was so bad and it was like you know i'm doing I, I was on this lineup, like the complete opposite of the lineup you got to go on last night. Just like riffraff that I was on lineups with 15 years ago. And it was just like, wow, this, I, I uh. was it. What's the worst you've ever bombed? Uh, or I would, is this an old, have you told the story a bunch of times? Uh, on not, your podcast? not enough to uh, not tell it again. I would yeah. say at the comedy store, I, uh, this is about 2006. I was working, uh, writing on the Ian Bag show. 
I didn't know Ian Bad had a show. With he had a live talk show that was really Tosh before Tosh. Okay. I, I'm not uh, privy to why it didn't get sure on the network, but it was just as funny. As a matter of fact, one of the main writer on it was Eddie Gosling, who ended up being the main writer for... Oh, yeah. Eddie Gosling's really funny. He's a killer. But he doesn't even do stand-up anymore. Not really. Yeah. He makes enough writing funny. and shit. Yeah. He has a family. And I, I met him before I ever did stand-up. I went to a junior college in Palos Verdes. Right. And he came and did like an hour of stand-up for the college. And he was... Yeah, he was hilarious. Uh, so, I That's mean... I'm so shocked he stopped doing stand-up because I thought he was so funny. Well, I just think, you know, he probably... I don't know what he got... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm sure he's getting, I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure he does, like. He doesn't uh, need it money-wise, but still. Yeah. so good, I'm surprised. Well, a lot of guys, like Fred Wolf. I was on uh, one of Spade's shows, and Fred Wolf's, like, this amazing uh, comic. And, uh, you know, Adam asked me, hey, you want to go up? And he's like, no, good. You know, he's like a big writer on, I think, SNL at one point. And, uh you know, I think you just get to like. I'll never stop doing stand up. Yeah, I even if I imagine. was incredibly like, I don't know, made a regular, and I'm dying up here. The jellies, this is fifty seasons in or whatever. I'll always do stand up. Yeah, uh, but uh, I, so I was on. Uh, so the, the show, I was, you know, Ian Bags, an amazing comic, right? Um, and uh, there's a Barry Katz pilot. The great Barry Katz, who I know okay. you have an intimate... Yeah, I used to produce his podcast. Yeah. So uh, it was a show called One Night Stand-Up. And uh, it was a dating show. Eight comics, I believe. Maybe ten. And uh, the girl never saw you. She just heard your act. <laughs> so I kind of like that yeah, idea. Yeah, that's cute. Uh, Whitney Cummings was hosting. Okay. So this is 2006 when Last Comic Standing was still a big deal. And uh, I thought, wow, this is great to get in front of Barry Katz without having to do that show because mm-hmm. I'm so anti like competition. But you know, then it ended up on Roast Battle, which some would say is a reality show, yeah, uh, to a degree. Um, and uh, this was also right around the time of the Duke Lacrosse case. You know, okay, the, yeah, I remember that. I saw the documentary. Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's a great uh, documentary and uh, thirty for thirty. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, you know. And ba- so they basically picked the writing staff of the Ian Bag Show. Yeah. Because he had so many funny people working on it. Right. And uh, so I said, like, you know, I'm going to go deep on the first joke and do a Duke Lacrosse rape joke. <laughs> Dating show. That's yeah. pretty fucking funny. And I'll never forget the guy before me, Rob Pugh, a Canadian comic, killed. I mean, one of the best sets I've ever seen in the main room. I mean, yeah. for seven minutes. Right. I mean, he just was. Had a so, great set. Great set. So it, the, the table the energy was, is hot. <laughs> energy is high. I yeah. mean, it's a paid audience, right? You know, a good uh, crowd sold out main room. Sold out main room. There's cameras everywhere. Wow. Uh, Whitney Cummings hosting. Barry Katz producing. Yeah. Uh, a great lineup. Ian Bag, Eddie Gosling, uh, some of the other writers, Rob Pugh, me. And I get up there and I'm about to hit the stage. And I'm, this is back when I wore hockey jerseys. And I think I had a New York Rangers jersey on. A Matt Barnaby New York Rangers jersey. That was my thing. It was like kit, my kiss and makeup. And wh- I hear Whitney Cummings literally calling my name. And Barry Katz grabs me by the shoulder and goes, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, I'm next. 
He's like, take that off. I'm like, why? It's my thing. I always wear jerseys. He's like, the logos, you dummy. We can't wear them on TV. <laughs> so I, he made me take the shirt off as she's calling my name. Mm-hmm. And I had this horrific affliction shirt on underneath. <laughs> like the gaudiest, like horrific Ed Hardy affliction shirt on. And so I, I do... Uh, you know, when he gave me an ice intro, I get up there and the crowd's hot from Rob's set. I mean, it really, yeah. it's a long story, but it just, yeah. I'm really trying to bring the No, no, I'm, I'm, I have a, I'm imagining it in my head. I have a great visual. I mean, it's packed. Energy, all time high. Cameras everywhere. So there's like an excitement in the room. And uh, like, hey, everyone, uh, how about that Duke lacrosse case? That's crazy, right? But uh I knew they weren't guilty all along because uh, the captain had a degree in economics. And if anyone knew 47 didn't go into two, it was that guy. (laughs) Nothing. I mean, one person laughed in the back and it was Dave Taylor. (laughs) And Dave Taylor's one of my homies. But when he's the only one laughing at the joke, it ain't a good sign. And then I got scared. I could double down. I'm like, fuck, I'll go to a racist joke. Because uh, like I said, I'm about six years in. I'm still not I'm not the comic I am now, and I can improve now. Uh, and then I'm like, hey, you know, how about uh, whites and sports? I mean, a couple of years, we're not going to have anything left. Well, I mean, we'll always have horse racing, but uh, ones doing the work there are still black. And that's the reaction I got. Yeah, Nothing. it was just I mean, crickets. I was sweating. Uh, I, I was going so bad. I asked, "Hey, how much time do I have left?" I mean, you know, I was I was horrific. Yeah, and uh, it's Barry, probably the shirt. <laughs> no, it was just the material. Yeah. And Barry Katz, here's the weird thing: he grabs me by uh, the shoulder and pulls me into him after the set and goes, "Love the dark stuff." And uh, really, yeah. I say, and do you think back, it was a genuine thing? No, looking back just- now, probably not. He was just being nice. And then, uh, you know, we were told to call the production company the next day and, uh, you know, to see if we got it. And I call up the production company. I'm like, hey, you know, I got some spots at the improv uh, next week when the date's supposed to take place. And I'll never forget the ladies like, you can do them. (laughs) You're good. (laughs) I'm surprised you even called. Oh, yeah. I was probably delusional enough to think maybe I got it. You never know. Maybe they liked it. Maybe they liked how bad it was. Uh, oh, it was horrible. So that's like absolutely my worst. Uh, that's the one that scarred you. Yeah. Oh, it's still. I can't say it still affects me in terms of when I go up. I mean, even when I bomb in the You'll OR, never open on that Duke joke again. But, you know, I'll be honest with you. And Ian Bag told me, uh, you know, uh, after he's like, dude, that's probably one of the best written jokes you've ever uh done and at least to my knowledge and i've known ian for you know a long time but i still like the joke i mean yeah. it's a silly no made me laugh uh it's just so stupid like i'm really sticking it up. makes me want to see you do it again because after hearing that story i mean i've done it every now and then um you know i, I and this goes to like I do, you know, I don't know if this is right or wrong. I guess there's many schools of thought. I do material that I like doing. Right. I don't try and, you know, that's why I'll do 10 minutes on rat. <laughs> Knowing that people your age in the audience have never heard of rat. They have no interest in finding out who rat is, but they might laugh 
at the enthusiasm I tell the joke. No, I mean, from my perspective, you do it, do what you want. I mean, what was it? Was it last year when you submitted a Comedy Central half hour from my apartment? Which I still think I should have gotten. <laughs> but that's that's like no one else is going to do that. You know, it's hilarious. Most people are, you know, taping their half hour sets at a comedy club. You do my apartment show half hour and that's your Comedy Central tape. That's unique. Uh, you know, I'll go one step further. I'd like that to be my actual special. Yeah. Like I know Maria Bamford did hers in front of her parents in her living room. Yeah. I mean, I have, uh, you know, an idea of, you know, since I do so many late night sets, which I'm very happy for. Right. But, you know, when I'm going up, it's, it's you know, the crowd's... It's uh, not quite the same as it is during that primetime spot. And I shouldn't be going on in the primetime spot. You know, I, yeah. I'm going up at the appropriate time. Uh but I want to do my special in front of, you know, like not a dead crowd, but like just a crowd that's been there all night. A tired crowd. Yeah, because yeah. that's the whole point of, you know, I struggle for so long that this is my special even, going up in front of a tired crowd. Right. And I'll do the whole fucking hour too. Don't kid yourself. Is that your goal? You want to do an hour special? Well, I just want it to be different though. I, I don't, like you see like, every special is like in a packed right. theater right you don't want it to be a cookie cutter and who wouldn't want to play a theater. packed theater I, I would, yeah but at some point i would like that to be a special but like i want it i want people to be you want that your special to reflect where you're at but i want my special to be special like i want so many uh entertainment options on tv netflix i mean you you go on your homepage on Netflix, it's overwhelming. There's even on Netflix, there's hundreds of shows, documentaries, stand up specials, you know, Comedy Central's round the clock stand up that's pretty much all shot in the, you know, uh, like I know they just did their half hours in New Orleans and it's yeah. the same crowd. Uh, it, don't get me wrong, I wish I was there, but, you know, I want people to be flipping channels, see me in front of six people. Go, What's going on here? What the fuck? Yeah. And they'll give me a shot. Uh, at least watching it for five minutes and going okay yeah that'd be uh, unique i mean where, do you have an idea for your special or are you not there yet i want to release an ep that's where i'm at i want to release like a five to ten minute special so i think i have yeah i'm definitely not there i don't even want to do a half hour i don't even want to do an hour special um i think it's the same as you it's kind of like well, you want to be different, but I think you also partly want to do it because that's kind of where you're at in the comedy game. You're doing these late night spots. I don't think I should be doing a half hour or an hour special because I'm not doing a half hour or an hour. I get a feature, you know, five, ten nights a year. So it's like if I'm doing ten nights a year of 30 minutes of material, then I shouldn't be recording myself doing 30 minutes of material because that's not what I do. I do 10 minutes of material. That's the spots I'm getting. So, so maybe like a spot on Kimmel or something. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, I would obviously love love that. But but even just as far as content to release, I'm ready to release a hot 10. Right, I get it. But I there's think. no 10-minute specials, so I just got to Well, I think Netflix now has something, the 15-minute specials. Oh, really? Yeah, so uh, that might be more. But I think even those are... Like film and the, you know, the same, unless I'm mistaken, it's the same. Everyone gets the same setup. Like, I don't right. want the same yeah, setup. Yeah, it's some packed theater. Um, you know, I, I would almost like to not steal Maria Bamford's idea, but like, yeah, do, make your own version of it. Do a set here in front of my dog. Yeah. And just do an hour of material, like, 
to either to myself or to the dog and people would like i mean i think people are trained to hear laughter to think a joke's funny or not but mm-hmm. uh i want people to talk about it yeah so you know i think that's doable i think you should just do it well that's I mean, what you should do with all your jellies money you what? just make I your mean, own let's, special let's, let's not get out of control uh, <laughs> but it, that's how hinchcliffe got his on netflix I yeah mean, you know uh people uh, you, you know people are just bitter he did it on his own uh you know his uh the people who criticize it but hey man he, he one camera ice house bam done he's done everything on his own yeah i mean like I'm him a, or like him or dislike him he's got his hour special on netflix he's got a popular podcast he opens for some of the best comics and now he's touring and headlining on his own so you know instead of hating on people i go okay they did it maybe i can do it yeah you know i mean uh and i think nowadays it's never been uh a better time for uh people to make their own special and sell it to netflix or comedy central like tony did or you know amazon or hulu you know i mean it doesn't cost that much you know Mm -hmm. one or two cameras wacky environment i'd almost like to have the first 10 minutes of my special be an open mic that could be would you want it so your special would take place in two different places then i don't know i mean i just think it would be funny if i had some of the wacky open micers you know like it's literally i'm headlining an open mic and that'd be that'd be awesome just something stupid you know maybe have a boon shakalaka type and mm-hmm. people be like what the fuck is this who is that guy and, and you know maybe uh and then you graduate maybe a, a funnier dude or, or girl and then you know maybe uh you know a, a funny friend i'm trying to throw a bone to mm-hmm. uh and then me and, and then you know i don't know full special not even just you yeah throw kind of like louis special he put up who's that caveman looking dude you know what i'm talking Judah about Freelander? no uh you like straight up long hair caveman does one-liners oh i don't know uh shit well anyway louis louis ck is special at the comedy store he had that guy open for him and then he included it yeah in i mean that's yeah like i just want people to go hey earl's special man that was wild or you know whatever uh maybe i'm in my underwear the whole time you know or something. do you think um louis ck deserves a second chance i mean you know uh it's tough man i mean listen people want to give oj a second chance yeah. so um I, I think in his case uh, in my opinion uh, the the apology wasn't great you didn't think i you know i just thought it was a little too woe is me i'm the almost like you know he was the victim and it's just like i think that you can literally get away with murder in this country if you come off likable i just don't think the apology was likable enough it's not saying he has to kiss ass but you know it was just kind of he turned it into like you know uh this is yeah um yeah i disagree i think his apology was spot on and I think what he did wasn't that bad. I mean, I think it's we're in this dangerous climate where people, you know, you're getting you're getting outed for every little thing. And yeah, was he a little creepy? Should he have done? Should he have masturbated in front of a, a lady? No, he shouldn't have. But at the end of the day, who got hurt? Well, if they did didn't anyone want get it. hurt, yeah, no one got hurt well but i mean dude you can't be whipping out your dick 
in front of two listen this is coming from someone who showed their dick pic to everyone in the comedy store uh uh, patio the last you know five years but i've yeah. always asked i've he always asked too i don't think he sat there and asked those two girls do you mind if i jack off he claims he did i mean i wasn't there yeah. so i can't neither you know, was i it's yeah. always dangerous when it's a he said she said i one of my friends is going through something right now uh you know where they're accused of something and uh yeah you know the the girl said that she quit stand-up comedy because of this incident and and others and i know her and it's like i did probably a hundred shows with you you never got a laugh yeah you know so i worry about stuff like that where certain opportunists are going to use this as a an excuse to say well i didn't make it because right uh i th i believe probably there's some of that going on i believe 90 percent of the accusations i think there are those 10, yeah 10 to 20 percent where uh you know it, it, it's uh nefarious uh allegations but then you have to think like i listen if someone's getting sexually assaulted if if getting raped that's a that's a very serious thing that needs to be dealt with Oh, absolutely. But getting masturbated in front of? But that could be uh, sexual assault to your eyes. It is. It is. And it, it shouldn't have happened. But there's way more serious allegations going. There's enough serious allegations going around. Let's deal with that first. Let's deal with the girls who are getting physically assaulted. Oh, I mean, let's, I let's were... deal with that issue. Then maybe down then five years from now, when that's when that's taken care of, when that's a problem that's being worked on, then let's go to to masturbating in front of someone. But there's so many different scenarios like uh you know, if if you had sex with a girl uh before she was eighteen, but it was consensual, is that right? Uh, by the legal definition, yeah. it's statutory rape. Right. In California, that's uh, rape. But to me, it's rape. Like, yeah. I don't care what the scenario was. I don't care if she was 17, 16, 15, whatever the age is. What, whatever number uh, isn't 18, ain't 18. Uh, it's still yeah. rape. Yeah, you're, I agree. You're taking advantage of a girl who, uh, you know, it's just not it's just not it's not legal uh is that rape you know some people would say no it was consensual sex i don't take that stance there's a situation where i know one friend of mine uh is being accused of uh sexual assault by his girlfriend he said one night uh he i mean rape is rape you can rape your girlfriend yeah. But like that's that weird thing of, you know, you guys always had aggressive sex. What right. like that night? You know, it's like, right? There's circumstances that can make it uh, not a cookie cutter case. Yeah, and it's always I find the the accuser will always be believed um, over the um, accused. Yeah, sure, because it's like why would anyone say that if it wasn't true? Right. Um, you know, I mean, I was sexually harassed in the, in the casting world. Nothing happened, but, you know. A, a male or male. A, a male? So a homosexual male was a <laughs> yes, casting director. 
and uh, he did I mean, he touch you um he tried to whip his dick out and i'm yeah. like dude what are you doing dude? this ain't happening yeah. um but you know uh, you didn't want it that bad huh uh, no but this guy was legit like yeah um and he's no longer with us so what would uh you have what role would you have let him do his thing for no nothing no i mean i know you know someone once said to me and i think it's an old robert schimmel joke it's uh i think his joke was uh you know would you fuck mike tyson for a million dollars and he's like yeah because that buys a lot of mouthwash uh you know someone said to me someone gave me some crazy scenario would i fuck uh uh, i don't know some gay celebrity i'm like not for a million dollars no you wouldn't do it nothing's uh, worth it what about uh five million and uh, you know i mean the point was we all have a price right uh I can't think of one role that I would, uh, even if you said you could be the new Darth Vader in the next Star Wars. I mean, I, I, you know, no, not happening for you. I mean, I, I like girls too much. And like, uh, I, I I mean, you know, I'd have to have a guarantee. I get the part. What the fuck? Uh, I mean, what role, would you do anything for like, absolutely. What? At least you're honest about it. Yeah. If it a million dollars, Maybe I'll, I'm lying. I mean, but it's, I'll do just about anybody for a million dollars. But it's a scenario where it's like, until it happens, it's hard to say what you would do. Like, uh, you know, if you put a million dollars in front of me right now in a briefcase yeah. and said cash tax free cash, no one's ever going to know I have it. And I get the role of, uh, you know, like I'm a Sons of Anarchy guy. They're doing a spinoff show called The Mayans. Yeah. You say, hey, you can be one of the, the Sons of, of Anarchy Mayans. people. Yeah. Uh, here's a million dollars. There's a Dodge Hellcat. Uh, there's a Dodge Demon. It's like a hundred grand car. We'll throw that in. I, I'm, I, I don't know. And we'll, uh, you know, I don't know, get you to fuck any girl you want. No, no, you know, until that actually happens, I, right. right now I'm saying no. Yeah. Well, props props to you for that kind of discipline because I'll say yes right now. Well, but it goes back to like, you you know, it's like people like, what would you do if you won the Powerball? And you think, oh, I'd buy a car, I'd buy a, a you know, a Brightly Watch, I'd buy the Comedy Store, I'd buy this, I'd buy that. You can't say until you actually win the Powerball. Right. Maybe you wouldn't buy anything. Right. Maybe you think you'd buy it and then you'd get it and you'd realize you're kind of cheap and you're just going to save money yeah you know uh what what if i uh you know what if i won roast battle what would i have done i, I don't know i didn't win it so i can't say yeah uh or, and you're not doing the next one right you're done for good or you don't know you're no, no comment i mean i never say never uh if they said hey do you want to season two do you want to be on? Wait, or are they on? Are they on season? Well, two or season here's three? the thing: the first season was called the Jeff Ross Roast Masters Presents. Got that it. was untelevised. Uh, so technically, my season was season two. If got it, uh, but you know, season one. So whatever, season two for TV. They say Earl. There's a lot of people asking for you. You want? And there are. To be and honest, then, and now this goes to being honest. Yeah. Honest Earl. Yeah, yeah. If you go on oh, roast, a lot of people requesting. If you go on roast battles Twitter feed or Comedy Central's Twitter feed and look up any tweet in regards to roast battle, right? That says, "Hey, when is this person battling? Bring back this person to battle." It's all you. You know, of the ones I've seen, it's all me. Right. So, uh, so season three. Are you? 
if I let's pr- just pretend like I'm Jeff Ross. Let's do a little role play here. Okay. Okay. Earl. Yes, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff, for everything, by the way. No problem. I, I believe in you. You're one of my guys, and it's no problem. Um, but anyway, let's get to business here. Well, based on my bracket in Montreal, I'm not sure I was one of your guys, but th- that's okay. Well, you know, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes things that you didn't get to see, but trust oh, I'm me, aware. Earl, you're one of my guys. And I have to say, Earl, I get so many tweets about you from the fans, from all my fans. They want Earl to be in the roast battle in season three. And you know what? I want Earl in Rose Battle Season 3. Earl, will you come and do the competition? Will you come and battle for me in Season 3? Well, you know... Did I sound like Jeff? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I want it to be a little different for me this time. Uh, you know, I feel that uh, I was literally the only one that uh, had to run the gauntlet. Um, you know, at the five people that I had to face, I mean, uh, all five of them could have won roast battle. And uh-huh. I think other people's brackets and even their road to roast battle matchup. Uh, was, yeah, everything uh, matters. There's a lot of factors to the competition. Oh, I get it. It's a political... Uh, uh, the storyline. The system. But I mean, I, uh, I would do it again, but I, I don't want to be the only one with tough battles. Got it. You know, uh, it's because the, sh- the so show say I, say, I would say would Jeff, say, I'll do it. I just want an easy competition. No, I don't, I don't want, want you to easy make it hard for me. I want a little leeway and I want you to give me an easier road to the top because I want to win because I think a lot of people forget and this is not a roast battle podcast, but since you brought it up, I brought it up. That's true. Uh, I think a lot of people forget, you know, those first couple months of roast battle, people were not coming for the battles. They were coming to see me and Moses save the show every week. Yeah. Because we had a great chem, or we have a great chemistry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the wave wasn't fully, uh, you know, they were going through changes and whatnot. Yeah. Um, you know, Jeff wasn't on board yet. I mean, Coach T's always been a star, but uh, I just felt a uh, little, uh, not lack of loyalty. In some ways, I'm not owed anything. Right. Uh, I mean, the show is on TV because of Jeff Ross. No one disputes that. But I would like to think that the show doesn't get to Jeff unless me and Moses did what we did. Right. Um, so I don't want easy battles, but I also don't want to look at, you know, my first round opponent, have it be Mike Lawrence. I have no problem battling Mike, but I don't want to see someone else get, uh, you know, a beginning comic as there. Right. I want that opponent. Got it. You want it to be fair. I just want. I just, you want it to be fair. That's that's what it a comes little down more to. even. I just yeah. felt like I. Uh, now, would you do it if? Uh, now there's Jeff Ross speaking again. Now Earl, we're gonna do it. It's gonna be fair. But I had a talk with the producers, and this year, um, you can't dress up. Oh yeah, I mean, but I don't um, think they would say that. You just yeah, but this this year we just want. But that's Earl Skakel. Oh, I'm fine uh, doing regular. that because I could do it like Jimmy Carr style. Where yeah, just, we just want Jimmy Carr style, Earl. Uh, but I don't think they would do that. I no, mean, I don't I, think they would. I either. think if you look at the commercials they run for the show, they always show clips of me spitting the water like Triple H, the wrestler. And, you know, I think they see the value of what I do. Am I the best roaster? No. Am I the best roast writer? No. But I, I in my opinion, by far and away the best performer. Yeah. Uh, 
So it depends on what you like, you know. Yeah. It, yes, it's a joke writing contest, but it's also the presentation of those jokes. Mm -hmm. So I never say never. The show's gotten me on many things that I would not have been on otherwise. So I just, and you know, I'm not needed. I mean, I've not been on the show for uh, seven, eight months now. Show's wow. doing great. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'll, you know, I have a little bit more, I would say, leverage because I'm on a couple TV shows now and it benefits to have me on the show. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I don't, you know, I mean, I, I also like if you, you know, I approached that show uh, as a roaster and a comic. I would have done the brackets completely differently. But, you know, I'm not a TV executive. I don't know what TV executives look for. Uh, so, you know, and they don't know what comics and roasters look for. Right. I just think the roasters should know each other. Yeah. You know, I don't. It's more fun that way. Well, you, better it, energy. It's it's inside baseball jokes a little bit, but I think that's when two people have chemistry. You know, like uh, you know, I I'm lucky that I'm gonna make anyone look good because mm -hmm. the way I do it, whether it's Tom Ballard who I didn't know, and it was a great battle. Jimmy was a great battle. Sarah Tiana was fun. I mean, Sarah's probably my favorite battle, even though I lost because I love her so much. I know her. It was great. So, uh, you know, why don't you do roast battle? Enough of this is your episode. Dude. You want to know why I wouldn't do it? Because it scares the shit out of me. As it should, bro. Dude, it looks so scary. That's really the only reason that's stopping me. I think I, I think I'm an asshole enough to do it, but, um, no, I just, I can't handle it. I, I watch the, I watch them sometimes and it is terrifying. I could not imagine bombing in that situation. Like bombing as it is, is it's scary. And then bombing on roast battle is a whole nother level of scary. It oh, looks, yeah, dude. I mean, it looks, yeah. People say stand up comedians are brave and that's maybe they are. Maybe they are people who do a roast battle, whether they're funny or not, they are brave. It is. It takes balls to go up there. Brass. Yeah, it takes balls to go up on that stage and and battle someone else with your words. And I had a joke on TV against Jimmy Carr that I left out one phrase, literally just one phrase of this joke. It would have killed. But uh, and it literally almost as bad as the comedy uh, pilot for Barry Katz. The, the one <laughs> joke. I mean, here I am, Montreal. It's a pro wrestling fucking ECW like energy in the room. It, yeah, you it's, know, it's and literally the whole room went silent. And so, yeah, it even sucks to bomb on, you know, and the Comedy Central showed that joke in like slow motion. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I think you get, you know, it's really not my sense of humor, but I think anyone could do it if, if, uh, you know, you because you're good because you've got a great delivery for roast battle where it's like slow, a little on the slow side, and like, uh, I think your style would be funny on roast battle. I've I've been told that I've been told that by people. Um, I don't. I, at this point, it's been however long that show's been going on. What three years? Three or four years. Yeah. Three or four years. Um, I. I, I, you know what I would want to do if I ever did it. I don't. I don't think I'll ever do it. But to be honest, but if I would ever do it, I would want to do, like I would want to do it 
in San Diego or Temecula, some little market, some little roast market where they do their own roast battle. I'd want to go warm up in the baby roasts. There ain't no the baby roast, bro. I want to. I want to want to go warm up where no one there I know is seeing me. But it's not I the can, same, dude. There'd be no. Moses. Yeah, but it would just be building up my con. It's just but like it wouldn't. It's dude. like it's like the boxers who go and beat up guys they know that they have no chance before they do the big fight and then it's they just, lose because they, yeah you know well that's how i, I want to lose that way <laughs> i like, want i would need to go get some false confidence like feeling were, good and then i could try it well like there was something called the temecula roast wars yeah i want to go do temecula roast well that's wars. not happening anymore <laughs> um but i mean there was no moses there was no me there yeah was no uh wave there was no coach t and so you had these comics go there do yeah. what you do yeah build up their confidence they'd come back to roast battle and eat shit burgers there's not any success stories no not Did. one <laughs> i want to be the first success story from the temecula oh, roast oh, club it's <laughs> over johnny <laughs> well uh, i'm gonna start my own but you know it's it's you know uh i've never in 20 almost 20 years of doing stand-up i've never seen a show be this successful this long it's it's really a testament to uh, and it was true grant you know started as an open mic yeah, i started to a tv at, show you know open stephanie, mic to a tv show that's Moses insane. took steph over stephanie 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 Simbari's open mic on tuesday which was dead it's yeah. not her fault it was just it was, yeah it was just not it was a value room open mic um and then uh kenny lyon and josh martin wanted to fight and moses i forget his exact words was like well you guys there's a lot there's been a lot of drama huh I guess the nature of the show, it, it does, it, it asks for drama, but there's been a lot of inner politics drama too. Well, that's why I had to leave, to be yeah. honest with you. Just yeah. a couple people in the room I don't necessarily like. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it's, uh, you know, just the way it is. Uh, I think uh, now I see uh, certain comics being so thirsty to get on next season. It's like, you know, so there's a little bit of a vibe around it right now i don't necessarily like it's got yeah. nothing to do with the show it's whenever more, money and success happens certain people get left out they get bitter well it i happens. mean you know which was why i think i'm qualified to you know I'm, I'm not trying to get on next season necessarily i'm yeah i, I could uh and you see some of these people it's like dude it's not going to make you famous even if you get on it yeah you know it's like it'll help you it, what you do with it right but uh you know I, I, that's like the thing i bums me out like i have one particular friend who thinks if they get on it they're going to be like a superstar yeah it doesn't work like that and it's like no i mean it's it's a show that can benefit you if you yeah there's no it. yeah there's nothing that works like that right but that's now. anything like, yeah if you get on i mean how many people do we know have been on late night tv as a comic and nothing happened you know it's what you make of it mm -hmm. i want to do um a comedy festival in my living room. I want us Ari's apartment comedy festival weekend of shows. Do you think roast battle would do a show there? I mean, you'd have to ask Moses, you know, I don't like to speak. Yeah, but, but I'm a little, you know, just before I ask Moses, what do you think you'd let's do a little role playing. I'll be myself. You play Moses. Um, Hey Moses, uh, you know, my, the show I do in my living room. Oh yeah, man. It's dope. Oh, thanks. Um, so I'm doing a festival weekend of shows in the living room, three shows a night, Thursday through Saturday. It's going to be awesome. Um, I want roast battles. One of the shows. It's possible. I mean, I, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, his thought process. So I don't know. Uh, you know, I think, 
You are bad at role playing, Earl. But I don't know. I can't. I don't know his thought process. It's a like, fictional role playing. I know, but like I'm, I'm being Moses through my thought process. Okay, okay. You know, it's like I'm sure he's turned down a lot of venues. You know, because I think yeah. the, uh, the comedy. St- I mean, I got. I got to be honest with you. In Montreal, it was amazing. I yeah, mean, it was for my season just. Uh, it's uh, a, a week I'll never forget, even though it was incredibly stressful. It wasn't fun for me from the standpoint of like, oh my God, you had no time to have fun. Right. You were just work, work, work. You're roasting. Uh, roasting and running writing. I mean, the high Are you caliber. going back this year? What? Are you going to go to Montreal this year? Um, You know, I... I if, uh, if you didn't get asked to... if Forget roast battle. Anything else, would you just go just to go or no? I'd go if, if I was performing on something. So performing, if uh, you could. Yeah. I, I mean, it's great networking, but I, I don't want to be one of the, I, you know, I got to perform. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's, uh, you know, who knows? I would love to uh, get on one of the galas, you know, or something like yeah. that. So, uh, um, you know, I mean, I think I have enough credits now where you could bring me in and go, oh, this guy's on the jellies and I'm dying up here. He's possibly on roast battle or whatever. Yeah. It's enough credits, you know, to comedy store regular. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Um, so, uh, you know, you, you know, I'm open to anything. I love performing. Right. So, you know, what's next for you? Enough about me, Manus. For when me. Did you turn this into inappropriate Ari. Inappropriate Ari. Um, I don't know, man, you know, make more content. I like making my, my videos. Uh, I want to do an Ari's apartment comedy festival. That's a great idea. As uh, long as your neighbors wouldn't mind. Yeah. My neighbors are cool. They're super cool. I want to do that. I want to, you know, all the things everyone wants to do. I want to perform everywhere. I want to get in at the clubs. I want to get on TV. Could you had, uh, I want to do it. I want it all, baby. I want to write. Well, let's get act. into your, uh, yeah. Showcase. You had when I was hosting the door guy showcase. What was that about four months ago? Yeah, I've showcased now. I've been in two comedy store showcases. Let's get into that a paid regular and that's your next goal. I would love that's definitely one on my list of goals, of course. You know, I, I was uh I love the comedy store. I've been hanging out there since I started comedy. Why do you one. love it? What brings you into the comedy store? It's just it it, it brings exact I think that's the way to put it. It draws me in. I it's hard to describe, but I I love the darkness. I love the degenerates. I love the building draws me in. I like the people that work there. I like the door I like the system. Um, I've been hanging out there late night since I started comedy. I would go there, I would do mics, I would do my spots, and then I would go finish my night at the comedy store and just kick it, watching the original room, watching Don Barris go up. And then, you know, two years... I, I, you know what? I never liked Tommy. Well... I always thought... I never talked to him just because he was crazy. Like, he, he made you jump through these games and he'd play a little mind games. So, I, I didn't put up with it. You know, I'm not, I'm not playing that game. So, when he left... Um, you know, Adam's a real person. He's not uh, this weird mystical robot. So I, I liked him and I, I started working there as a door guy. And now I've showcased two times because of that. And you killed the night, uh, the night I hosted the door guy showcase. You, Thanks. Uh, On, in all honesty, I think both times I showcased, I did pretty good. Uh, I even think my first showcase was even better than that one. I think they both went well. But I get it. There's a lot of funny door. There's a lot of funny employees, and a lot of them have worked there longer than me. So I, I definitely was never. I never was like thinking it was going to be me. I, all my whole goal is to just do it and do good. 
That's my goal is to do the showcase and, and feel good about myself and my set that night. If I get past, of course, incredible. But I think, you know, my time will come, hopefully. I, I mean, I'll say and, this. I think this is the best group of door. I, I, I want to include Jessica, <laughs> door people <laughs> that I've ever seen at the store. Like everyone's funny. There's every, not one. There's no one bad. There's some. There's the worst door guy is okay. The worst There's, door guy right now would be one of the funnier door guys in the mid 2000s. For sure. Uh, for sure. The so. worst door guy right now is still okay. Um, compared to when Tommy worked there, the door guys are at a whole nother level. But you had people, uh, door guys, and people getting passed because they gave Tommy weed. Yeah, it was like I would watch, I would go in on potluck when I first started and I'd watch the door guys and be like, how, who's what do you see in this what's going on here right. uh, and it's not like that anymore now it's I, I think deal. it's it's actually cool to say you're a door guy it's it's a cool thing to be part of that group yeah but um it's like spots development spots yeah and door the, guy spots, spots. the spot i got to do yesterday for working there is absolutely insane yeah that it's might like, be the best spot you'll it, ever yeah get. i was gonna say it was like if i got passed right now my spots would be worse than that. Yeah. I would rather do that five minutes than a 15 minute spot at one 30 in the morning. Yeah. That being said, of course I would still wish I was passed, but you um, will be, but yeah, exactly. I think I will be. Adam likes me. Um, I like him, but no rush. There's, there's guys have been working there longer. There's other funny guys. So I, all my goal is just to keep doing good and keep yeah. getting better and hopefully it happens, but either way, enjoy the ride, right? Uh, we're enjoy the ride. Yeah. I got on. I got on inappropriate Earl. So if if that doesn't get me past, well, I don't know what will. Uh, plenty of things. Yeah. Where can people find you, Ari, on the internet? Just uh, my name, Ari Manis. I'm on everywhere. AriManis.com, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. I'm I'm everywhere. Search me. Watch my videos. Uh, that way, you get a real taste of uh, what my comedy is about. If you didn't like me in this interview, maybe you'll like my comedy, or maybe you won't. I've kind of become the bad guy of the bad boy of comedy. I've, I've been pissing a lot of people off. Why? I think, uh, you know, I have a little edge to me. I have a little bite. I, I post some naughty things. I, I voice my opinions. Uh, so I, so sometimes I upset people. I'm like the nicest guy that somehow people still will have problems with. Well, I mean, get used to it. I mean, I yeah. literally, uh, I'm like an older version of you or you're a younger version of me. Uh, yeah, we both like women. We both, both like, like women. Uh, uh, both comedy. Nice guys. What else is there? Nice guys. And, uh, you know, we We're still... both jacked. We both have giant muscles. I mean, I don't have giant muscles anymore. Oh, I do. Oh, yeah. We both have big dongs. Yeah, we both have big dongs that everyone's seen. You know, I mean, I think if there was a Yelp review for dongs, we'd be uh, five stars. Although your pictures are on the internet. I don't have any pictures of my dong going around. You know, yeah, but my pictures have like Chewbacca. I mean, there's not yeah. like, a, you know, I might leak it uh, to get the special going. That's my idea. If it was, if my special was on Comedy Central, <laughs> I want the billboard on Sunset and La Cienega. It literally will be my dick pic with the Comedy Central logo over my dick. Tell me that wouldn't like people would be like, What's it would that? be, it would be polarizing at the least. But that's what you want. Yeah, it is what you want. Because I and learned many, many moons ago. I used to be the type of guy who played in a crowd of 100 people and if one person wasn't laughing i would think i was bombing why right. isn't that person laughing it is weird how you hone in on those things you notice people don't realize but we can see the room a lot of the times depending on how it's lit and we, we notice when one person isn't laughing but now i'm like hey 
I got 99 people out of 100 on board. I'm killing or like I'm doing well. Yeah. And so I think that billboard would be polarizing, but it's not like I'm, it's got some like swastika behind me or something. Like it's just like, what the fuck? Just, People yeah. would stop and watch that. If they saw Earl Skagel Comedy Central 10 o'clock, they would go, that's the guy from the billboard. I want to give him two minutes. Yeah. That's what I want. I could see it happening. I mean, listen. Uh, 2018, baby. This is the year. It's well, a good year for know, comedy. Uh, yeah, I hope so. Is the the comedy boom is still happening. Hasn't well, died yet. Well, you know, uh, there's this is a year to make your own content, YouTube videos, and and uh, it's you can film your own special now and and get it on Netflix or yeah, whatever. Yeah, you, you don't want. need anyone. Anymore. You really don't. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it. You know, of course, you want a manager to help you weed through the bullshit. Be nice. Uh, you know, I would have loved to have a manager at certain points. Yeah, I'd like that. Just to be like, hey, uh, this is Earl Skagel's manager at Three Arts or wherever. Uh, can we? Do you uh, have one now? No. no, yeah, but I almost, in a weird way, like you know, like I would want one uh, for certain shows I'm on to be like, you know, hey, can we uh, get Earl a bigger role? Hey, can uh, you know, do you have any other Adult Swim cartoons uh, that might yeah. need a deep? Can you we know? have water in the green room? Well, I don't care about that. When you go, when can you we play have prime rib for him? Can we have a plate of prime rib for him waiting in the green room? You know, can we get him like ten thousand followers on Instagram? I'm yeah. sure they're scams. Uh, oh, for sure. But yeah. I want legit. Can we get him verified? Like, yeah. Know, can we get him verified on there? Him, yeah. That's what a manager is good for. Mm -hmm. I but want prime rib in the green room. I don't want prime rib, but like, hey, can we get Earl like you know uh, a billboard here? Can we get Earl? Uh, you know, uh, can we get him on Montreal, the Comedy Central Showcase, or whatever? That's something I can't do on my own right now. Mm -hmm. But you know, well, I'm working it. Can we get Caesar salad for him in the lobby? I mean, you know, I I don't know about that. Earl wants a nice Caesar. Just want to hang nice out. Caesar dressing. All right, now this is getting creepy. Yeah. Uh, this has been the 200th episode of Inappropriate Earl. I owe this man a lot of thanks. Thanks for having me. I hope you guys weren't too bored. Because this is a guy who literally showed me how to do everything. I would not be podcasting right now if Ari Manis didn't send me all the Amazon links on what to buy. And and I owe this man a lot. So please become fans of Ari Manis. He's going to be uh, someone to watch for in the next couple years. And uh, that is all. SoundCloud, iTunes, rate it, review it, live it, learn it. Next week, the guitar player. You guys like the music episodes a lot. We got the great Patrick Kennison from the Lita Ford Band. We're going to see if Patrick will bring his guitar, and I'll sing a few bars of Kiss Me Deadly. Had a few beers, getting high, sitting, watching the time go by. Uh-huh, it ain't no big thing, because I know what I like. And then the keyboard's kicking. Uh, that is all. <laughs> <laughs>